Chapter 2 They've done it again, radioed an angry John Hardy. Vanity's outcaught everyone eight days in a row. Hardy was captain of the Alaskan fishing boat Limerick. Tom Finnerin, he continued, just radioed from his trawler next to the tender. Vanity went in early. Today they had four times the usual catch. Couldn't hold anymore. What in the hell is going on? Something's rotten, answered Ron Hogan evenly from his vessel, Alkin too. And it's not in the state of Denmark. It's right here. This is no fluke. Something very funny's going on, and I've never liked Jeremy Bailey. A September chill was in the air. The fishermen had already protested to the Department of Fish and Game. Nothing like this streak had happened in the history of Alaskan salmon fishing. It was early afternoon, and neither vessel was ready to discontinue fishing for the day. But they were ready to make a stop before heading for the refrigerated tender to unload their catch. We've got to search that boat ourselves, radioed Hardy. They're doing something. The tender won't do anything, said Hogan. They're happy as clams to see the volume. Complaining to authorities hasn't done squat. Fish and game have been snooping around Vanity for two days. Boarded her yesterday. Vanity hasn't changed engines, or speeds the same as ours. I heard they found nothing. State troopers have been on board. Only a lucky run, they say. Wait till tomorrow. But they're not fishermen. We know better than that. New sonar, some electric gizmo no one knows about. Maybe they're using light. I'd swear they were creek robin, but they aren't. Tender says their fish are normal, none red or deteriorating. Vanity's no bigger than our vessels. She's got twelve men like we do. They gillnet like we do. How are they getting four times the fish? We know things to look for. Authorities don't. I don't mind Vanity catching them, as long as we do too. Finnerin says Vanity's just leaving the tender, said Hardy. She's headed for Kodiak, said Hogan. We'll intercept her before dumping our fish. What if Bailey won't let us on board? We get help. Nobody around here likes what's going on. And nobody likes Bailey. They know what we're doing, chuckled Bailey from Vanity's helm. Just can't figure out how. They're going crazy. A heavyset man dressed in black, he always wore a ship captain's hat. He had a dark beard, and surveying the surrounding waters, he was grinning from ear to ear. One of the crew, Tim Driscoll, was in the cabin near the captain paying close attention to what he said. Short in stature, Tim was balding at age 28. Two other crew members were there talking, the rest relaxing on deck tired after another great day catching salmon and delivering a huge load to the tender. Luckiest run in history, said Tim. Yep, said Bailey. Pure luck, he laughed deeply. The crew didn't like Bailey, but he gave them good jobs, and the way things were going, they were hardly inclined to complain. Having no idea how it was happening, all their salaries would reflect another record catch. The previous evening, Tim had stopped in at the Red Banner Grill, a popular fisherman's hut in Kodiak. 
The other patrons all knew him and that he was crewing for Bailey. Conversations ceased, and everyone stared as he took a seat at the bar. Uh, draft beer, he said. Drink in hand, Hank Turner got up from a nearby table and sat down next to him. They'd worked together on a previous crew. You guys really have something going, said Turner, everyone listening. Everybody's talking about it. How are you doing it? Let us in on your little secret. We, we know you've got one. Just catching fish, said Tim, glancing about the room, skeptical faces everywhere. But so many, said Turner with a wry smile. Leave some for the rest of us. From the tone of his voice, he wasn't joking. He clapped Tim on the shoulder. What's your secret? Tim looked at him. A great streak of luck, he said. And everyone in the room knew it wasn't that. Bailey glanced to the rear, and his smile disappeared. Moving up fast astern were two boats. He knew them, Limerick and Alkin too. the latter captained by his old rival, Hogan. We have company, he told those in the cabin. They can't take it any longer. He glanced at the rifle hanging on the wall. It hadn't been used for a while, but was loaded and ready. Take the wheel, he said to Tim, then went outside on deck. Another great catch, Captain, said one of the crew. Saying nothing, Bailey pointed in the direction of the two boats. All turned to look. Here they come, he said. They may want to play rough, he nodded toward the cabin. If they show guns, we might too. That kind of talk did not make the crew happy. Meantime, he said, let's have a little fun. Going inside, he took the wheel and opened the throttles of both big engines. Roaring, they thrust the boat forward, and soon it was at full speed. Bailey glanced back and laughed. Oh, <laughs> they're still coming, but they're pushing it. He slowed the engines, allowing the other two vessels to come alongside, one at port, the other starboard. An angry Hogan was on the radio. What's your hurry, big man? You like burning fuel? We're coming aboard. Streak of luck, said Bailey into his microphone. You've had em. Don't knock Lady Luck. She's all we got. Not all you got, said Hogan. Shut your engines down. Stepping out of Alkin II's cabin was a crewman, rifle in hand. Then something happened that surprised all three crews. Bailey offered no resistance. In fact, welcomed them. Come aboard the finest and luckiest fishing craft in Alaskan waters. Be my guest, he scowled. But don't bring that weapon. Men and captains from both vessels were soon on board, searching vanity from stem to stern for anything suspicious. Lighting up a cigar, Bailey watched. Put it back in order, he'd say with glee, referring to something they'd rummaged through. They were there for the better part of an hour, finding nothing, and finally disembarked, the captains casting disgruntled glances at Bailey as they climbed off. Didn't find anything this time, growled Hogan. But that don't mean it's not here.